0: listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends
1: who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to talk about all things food while we've been quarantined at home. Sarah and I just wanted to offer a disclaimer at the beginning. We are both so privileged to be able to afford food, so everything that we're going to talk about is through that lens. Before we get into the episode, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Sarah?
0: I would like to talk about one step I have taken to overcome my underbuyer tendency, (laughs) which is purchasing more clothespins. Great work. I've been having an issue of running out of clothespins and got some more this week. And it was just so pleasant to not have to be trying to put them back together because a lot of them, when I get to the end, (laughs) there's just the pieces there. So in order to hang up the last socks, I have to be fiddling with the metal thing and trying to make them fit. It was a great $7 that I invested in my happiness.
1: Good job. (laughs) Good job. What is new with you? I have also been investing in my happiness by going on morning walks. Lovely. I'm usually the first person up with the kids, in large part because Pepper is still nursing, but also because Andrew is really into sleeping. Mm -hmm.
0: That's me and my family.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there's at least one in every partnership. It seems like it would be harder if you were both into sleeping. Yes. Or maybe easier because you would understand each other so well. (laughs) Maybe. But anyway, I get up with the kids, get them ready for the day. And then Andrew has been doing breakfast with them. So while he makes the breakfast and serves it and is there with them and they all eat together, I take a walk around the neighborhood for about 30 minutes. There are huge hills in my neighborhood because Birmingham is so hilly and I hate them. But also they are helping with my cardiovascular fitness. I think I left you a Vox when I was walking up a big hill the other Mm -hmm. day. I was like, I bet when Sarah's listening to this, she's going to be concerned about my shortness of breath. (laughs) But it's only because I've been sitting on the couch so much the previous two weeks and getting out and walking is feeling really good. Nice. I've
0: also been doing daily walks, but I've been doing mine right after dinner Mm. where Neil will hang out with the kids. I get this break, been listening to audiobooks or podcasts, and then I get back just in time after they are all ready for bed. And then I get to do the reading part and then- Be
1: done. Perfect timing. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. What's your latest read, Sarah? I finished
0: Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. I'm gonna describe the first scene in the novel so it's not giving away too much. All of this happens within the first couple pages. Alix Chamberlain, a white woman, calls her babysitter, Amira, who is a black woman, late at night, to take her toddler out of the house. So Amira and the daughter go to the grocery store, where Amira is confronted by a security guard who thinks that she may have kidnapped Briar, the daughter. Somebody films the scene, and then many things happen after that point, describing Amira's feelings of that interaction, Alix's family's reaction, should the video be released, should it not, what is the relationship between these people. I could not put this book down. Reed did such a beautiful job of addressing issues of privilege and white saviorism from so many different angles that every interaction highlighted this different facet, and she does that through an incredibly engrossing story. There was really nothing I didn't like. I was uncomfortable reading it at times, but that is only because the author was so good at shining a light on things that we don't want to look at. Mm. I would enthusiastically recommend this book. You do have to be willing to look at racism in its many forms, but if you are, it is an important, good read. It reminds me a lot of how you talked about Dietland when you read that a few months ago and how sometimes it can be easier to think through those kind of tough issues in fictional form, and that holds true for this book as well.
1: Nice. What have you been reading? I read The Golem and the Genie by Helene Wecker. This is historical fiction set in 1899 and beyond, mostly in New York City. The two main characters are a golem, which is a being made of clay and magic Mm -hmm. and a genie. They are surrounded by all these normal humans living normal 1899 immigrant New York City lives. And then they have this whole other piece of being magical themselves. The book starts off telling their stories independently, sort of chapter by chapter, and then weaves them together. Mm -hmm. And I actually really loved that pacing. I loved the viewpoint of both characters, and I love how human they were, yet separate at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was an awesome ride. I highly recommend this book. It was different enough from normal life that it really felt like an escape, Mm -hmm. but not so fantastical that the characters and their feelings and experiences were out of reach, which was such an interesting balance. Yeah, hard to achieve. Definitely. Okay, let's move on to our topic for today. Coronavirus has changed a lot of how we all interact with food and shopping and cooking. So let's start off by talking about how we're handling grocery shopping since we've been social distancing and quarantining. We've been
0: shopping much less than before prior to the pandemic, we were shopping weekly for a big trip, and then Neil was also picking up random things throughout the week. I would say we never went more than a week without setting foot in a store, so what's happening right now feels really different. We've been trying to have a big trip every two and a half to three weeks for our staples, the main stuff for our meals, and produce, usually making two stops, one at the co-op and one at a bigger grocery store. In addition to going to the store in person, we've also started using ClickList, which is Kroger's online service where you complete your order online Mm. and then schedule a pickup time where they bring it out to your car or, in our case, bike. It has worked really well because we try and stagger those. And so we had been two weeks without going to a grocery store when our last click list order came in. Mm-hmm. And for Kroger, we mostly are getting snacky type of things there. Yeah. And so the week where we had the least things available for meals, we had the most snacks available, mm. which kept everybody happy.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to stagger it for sure.
0: It worked out perfectly. So that's the general overview. Less often, bigger trips. And it's going okay. How about for you all?
1: I am also doing a big shop less often. Mine is usually picking out one store, so I've been alternating. Before the pandemic, I was still figuring out my grocery routine in Birmingham. And hadn't really figured out where is the store that I need to go to that can serve me the best. I had such a right. good routine in Carborough because our co-op and Harris Teeter were right next door to each other. So I could do it all in one loop and it didn't feel like extra. Mm-hmm. But here everything is so extra because of all the driving and because <laughs> and of not knowing and still being new.
0: And it is more stressful to go into the grocery store right now. Yes. We're still going in. We're wearing the mask. We're washing our hands. And when I say we, I mean me. I'm not taking anybody else. Right. But it is more stressful than a regular grocery trip.
1: Absolutely. I'm going about every three to three and a half weeks. I basically get all the food for meals and snacks for that whole time. Mm -hmm. In between, Andrew does a beer, milk, fruit trip to our much closer grocery store that is on his way-ish from work, because he is still going into work twice a week to take care of his research animals, mm-hmm. It is really different because of how often I was going before. I was usually doing multiple stores at a time rather than just one. I was usually going at least once a week. I was planning much less far in advance. Mm-hmm. But that was not even a routine, so who knows what it is going to look like <laughs> in the future. Right. What does your meal planning process look like these days?
0: I have... No meal planning process at all. And it feels very liberating. Mm. I have just been going to the store. I have been making a list, but just getting all of our staples. I do usually think of a few meals that might have more specific ingredients that I need Mm -hmm. to be sure to get if we want to make those. Yeah. But generally, I've just been getting things that I know will need to be able to throw meals together. And it feels so much easier and less stressful than before, because before I would try and write out seven meals, and it was hard to think of what I was going to want for the week in advance. It was hard to come up with seven meals. And somehow now, even though I'm shopping for a longer time, it has been really nice to just know we have the things we need and not having to plan so meticulously.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I have been making a long list of entrees, Mm -hmm. specific meals that need specific ingredients, and then making my shopping list from that. But I agree with you on having more meals available, I feel like, allows more flexibility for what we want. Mm -hmm. On a given day, it's like, maybe I'm not in the mood to do that thing that takes kind of a long time. But I will be in the mood for it tomorrow. And it's just nice to have other options that are sort of filling in. So I'm trying to balance it. I write out the long list of entrees. I put a number by them. So ones need to be cooked right away. They have things like mm. bok choy, fresh mushrooms that I don't want to just have sitting in the fridge for weeks. Right. Twos are kind of in between things that need heartier produce, but it'll last a little longer. And then threes are things like freezer meals or shelf-stable stuff. Mm-hmm. I like that rather than planning by specific days, which I used to do sort of based on my Mm -hmm. work schedule. But this is nice, like I said, to be able to plug things in and be flexible. We also have stuff on there like peanut butter and jelly, grilled cheese, box macaroni and cheese Mm -hmm. that I actually wrote out so that Andrew and I both see what we have and know what our options are, which allows him to take more of that cooking and planning on than he was before since we're both home now. Yeah. So we've both talked about snacks a little bit shopping wise, but tell me specifics about your snack situation.
0: It is much better than it was before. (laughs) We still have all of the regular favorite snacks in rotation, just in greater quantities. I think before what I would do is say, oh, I should get a bag of chips. And then we'd have one bag of chips and it would be gone in two days and we would have no (laughs) snacks for the rest of the time. That is not our current situation. The one thing that is not in our usual rotation that I have added was I saw that Chex was on sale and I bought a lot to make Chex Mix, Mm. which is usually more of a holiday thing, but I also make it whenever I have the feeling that I need it in my life and have made two batches so far. It's been delicious. I have also been loving having some sour gummy candies that I don't share with other people in my house. I also do not share the ginger chews, which I love, but nobody else wants those, (laughs) so it doesn't create any problems. I have also been much more liberal in buying the kids snacks that they enjoy, things like animal crackers or things that we just might not have as often, Mm. and just feeling like everybody should have the snacks they want while we're at home and buying them so we all have them. How are snacks looking in your home?
1: Mostly good, though when we get to the end of our sort of three-week, three-and-a-half-week cycle, we've usually eaten all the snacks. I feel like if we didn't need so many snacks, I could probably just keep going with entrees, Mm -hmm. but it's the snacks that drive me back to the grocery store. (laughs) We're having the standard ones, Dean's Dip and Chips, pimento cheese, Doritos, Cheetos, ice cream, soft chocolate chip cookies. I bought so many chips and things in bags that we didn't have a good place to put it in the kitchen. So I got mm-hmm. a plastic tub and put it on the porch <laughs> and it is the chip pantry.
0: <laughs> Love
1: it. I have some new snacks to highlight that I have tried during the pandemic. The first is a new flavor of Zaps chips called the Evil Eye chips. They are kind of sweet and spicy and salty. They are not as vinegary as the voodoo chips. So it might be something that if you see, you give it a shot, Sarah. Mm. I bought a six pound bag of gummy bears, which. Seemed like a good idea at the time, but has been a lot. <laughs> it's easy to just keep eating them, and I don't feel great after I've eaten that many gummy bears. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm getting better at kind of self-regulating around that, which is positive. I also ordered a whole bunch of Girl Scout cookies. Someone on Next Door posted that they still had 600 boxes of Girl Scout cookies oh, that they needed to goodness. sell, but because... <laughs> Shelter in place started when the Girl Scouts were still doing their like cookie tables around. Right. Didn't happen. So she posted her link. I ordered a box of cookies. They were dropped off on our porch, no contact. Mm-hmm. And they are still lasting. It has been amazing.
0: So by a box, you mean a box of boxes?
1: A box of boxes. <laughs> yes. I think we got six Samoas, five tagalongs, and four Thin Mints. Nice. So there's been lots of talk about quarantine baking. Are you on this bandwagon, Sarah?
0: A little bit. I thought I would bake more bread, but I haven't. I suppose there's still plenty of time, so I'm not giving up on that ambition. It just has not yet been achieved. Uh Uh-huh. I have baked several batches of banana bread, both chocolate and not. Mm-hmm. Since my kids only want to eat bananas if they are perfectly yellow and have zero blemishes, we end up with a lot of brown bananas. Totally. (laughs) There's a small window of time where they will eat the banana. We've been using them in our smoothies, but then also using them to make banana bread. My other baking adventure has been trying various instant pot cheesecake recipes, Mm. which I will share more about in eating lately. So stay tuned. (laughs) What
1: about for you? I'm also medium on this baking bandwagon. We are baking treats like cookies and banana bread, just like y'all. Plus, we've had three family birthdays since Shelter in Place started, so there have been cakes. Mm-hmm. But we are not big bread people, so mm. I don't really actually have that much desire to jump on like the sourdough train. Mm-hmm. Though I find sourdough starters very interesting from a project science point of view, but I haven't been motivated to try that myself. Sourdough is next
0: level. I'm just hoping to get to the yeast bread baking. Are you able to find yeast? I got some on our first grocery trip. Okay. So I do have some. Got it. Not a whole lot, but enough that I could bake a loaf or two. Plenty. Yes.
1: Has anything been surprising about your family and food since we've been in quarantine? I think I've been surprised by how much easier a lot of things feel As I say that, I
0: know how fortunate we are and how privileged we are, and for so many families right now, they're struggling with not having enough, and we're able to make these big grocery trips and spread it out so we don't have to do that as often. We're able to have enough food. It has changed the way our family handles food. As an underbuyer, I think before I felt this low level of grumpy about not always having what I wanted available or not having easy meals to make, and now that we're getting a larger quantity of food All at once, it just feels like there are so many more choices, and that has taken this burden off me on planning on such a frequent basis. Going into this, I would have imagined that having to plan that much in advance would be stressful. Mm. But the fact that I'm not planning has made it much less stressful.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you've really hit on that perfect combo of flexibility Mm -hmm. and having your needs met. Sounds really good. Yes,
0: hopefully that will continue.
1: I have noticed... That I have some weird stuff about food scarcity and how it fuels my anxiety and irritability. Hmm. For instance, Andrew was going to give Plum some Cheez-Its, but I inexplicably freaked out and then asked him not to because I wanted them to remain unopened so they would be there if we needed them. Which is weird. They're there for (laughs) us to eat. Right. So I probably need to do some more sort of self-exploration around that, maybe where that comes from, why I was feeling like that, whether it's sort of a general pandemic anxiety thing or whether that's something deeper with me Mm -hmm. that I could explore and work on. Another effing growth opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Don't I know it. Are there food-related changes you are hoping to continue even after life goes back to not this I've already talked about hoping to
0: continue doing these larger grocery trips. I think we won't ever try and go three weeks, but I think doing it every other week would make our lives feel much simpler. Mm. The other thing I am hoping to continue, which we just started last week, is the snack basket. I've heard about this various places, but most recently on the Comfort Food podcast. The basic idea is you have a basket or area where kids can go and have snacks available. They can access them. They have control over what they eat. We started this because I was feeling so annoyed with people asking me for snacks constantly Mm -hmm. all throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even that I minded them eating the snack. It's being interrupted over and over. Mm -hmm. Lots of things I could say, yes, sure, go grab that. But some things were harder for them to access on their own.
1: Yes, being the president of snacks is very
0: annoying. Yes. So we created separate baskets for them because we have one child who snacks a lot and one who doesn't. And I knew that would create drama over who was eating what and put in various things that we know they like. Things like animal crackers, other crackers, various kinds of bars, dried fruit. And then they also have access to the fruit in the refrigerator. And I portioned out some frozen fruit in the freezer that they can also access. Mm. And then the snack basket comes out in the afternoon. Sometime after lunch, I spend some time putting it together. Snack basket cutoff time is around 4 p.m. because I don't want them snacking right up to dinner. Nice. And if they really feel like they cannot possibly make it until dinner time, they can still access the fruit and veggies available to them in the fridge and freezer, Mm -hmm. but the basket itself with the carp heavy stuff gets put away. Yeah. And it's been working great. I do have to put that time in on the front end, but then it's just your snack baskets are available. That's what I say when they ask me about it, and then they can manage that on their own. I feel like it's giving them some autonomy and taking a burden off of me. I love that idea. So that is something we will hopefully keep doing. Very nice. Is there anything you're hoping
1: to continue? Well, I'm an overbuyer, so I think I've been served pretty well Mm -hmm. (laughs) by being that. But I've been feeling like I want to have even more stuff on hand Mm -hmm. just because the uncertainty of going forward and whether we'll have to go back to more limited shopping and food just makes me want to buy beans in bulk and have them shipped to my house and put them in a giant tub in the understair closet, which maybe I'll do. We are also thinking about doing a garden and putting in things like berry bushes and fruit mm-hmm. trees, which would be more of the long game. Right. But would feel really good in terms of coping with that food scarcity that does something to my feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feels like it could be nice to do some work and have those sort of systems in place. Yeah. What are you most excited about food wise when things are a little less shut down? I am most excited about being able
0: to eat at my favorite Indian and Thai buffets, Mm. but that feels a really long ways off. It feels like it's going to be a long time before I'd be comfortable going to a restaurant.
1: Especially a buffet.
0: Exactly. That feels even much further down the line, but still something I contemplate and remember fondly from my past life.
1: What about for you? Like you, I am fantasizing about restaurants that I miss. My restaurants that I miss are in Dallas and Carborough mm. <laughs> because, as discussed, we haven't figured out our routines here yet, and that includes the takeout routine or the restaurant routine. Right. I am really looking forward to the time when taking a trip like that feels really good and safe, and I can go eat all the food that I have been missing.
0: Yeah. That's the end of our conversation around food in the pandemic, but we just want to say, once again, we know that so many people are struggling with food insecurity right now, if you and your family are in that position, we are thinking of you. One resource we have found is feedingamerica.org. So if you are not experiencing food scarcity and you feel like you have some money that you'd be able to donate, it is a great resource that spreads out the money to food banks across the United States. Or of course, there's always your local food bank.
1: We'd also love to hear from you listeners, how is food feeling for you in the pandemic? What are you doing grocery-wise? What is your meal planning looking like? And especially, what snacks are you eating? (laughs) Let's finish up by talking about what we've been eating even more. I want to share about a bean salad that I've made for a long time, but I don't think I've talked about on the pod before. This is a really good one because it uses all canned beans. And of course, you can make them from dried too. Mm-hmm. But it's nice that it's not just beans. You also put in frozen corn. You also put in chopped up bell peppers. You also can put in cilantro if that's a thing that you do. I don't put cilantro in because I feel like I buy cilantro and then use not very much of it and then it just goes bad. Mm-hmm. But the real key for this salad is the amazing dressing that you make. And there are a lot of things that go into it olive oil, vinegar lemon juice, lime juice, and then a whole suite of spices. Plum helped me mix it up. She was very proud of herself doing her small whisk to get it all emulsified to pour it on. And then you pour it on. And if you can wait until the next day to eat it, all that flavor soaks into the beans and the corn. And it is so good. So this is perfect for as the weather gets warmer. It's great to have out of the fridge cold or to eat it right away at room temperature. It's just one of our
0: favorites. I love a good bean salad, and we haven't had one for so long. I'll be adding this to our rotation.
1: Yum. What have you been eating, Sarah?
0: As previewed, I've been making cheesecake. Mm. I've done the chocolate one for my birthday, and then I tried early on in quarantine just making a plain one because I got feedback from some members of my family that they prefer the plain cheesecake. Hmm. I don't prefer the plain cheesecake, so I moved on again <laughs> to another kind. <laughs> this one was a key lime cheesecake. Love it. It was delicious. Had the graham cracker crust. And I think most of the same ingredients as in the key lime pie that you've talked about before. Mm. It has condensed milk, cream cheese, lime juice, egg. Mm -hmm. It was excellent. I would say it's up there with the chocolate cheesecake. It just depends on what mood you're in. Mm -hmm. But I will be making both of them again at some point in my cheesecake future. Love it. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby,
1: and with all of you listeners. You can find us on our website, friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious,
0: and your conversations friendly. There's no more words. There's no more words. I was like, aren't I supposed to say something? Yeah. Do Until you know next it? next time. I think so.
1: Ooh, we've got the Asheville memorized that. after a mazillion dun, dun, dun. episodes. <laughs> Let me remove my baby from the location right outside the store.
0: Yeah, I am hearing a lot of banging. <laughs> And I was like, just tell them to go out in the shelter in the rain. And they love doing that. <laughs> so maybe he did maybe that. Maybe they too. did that.
1: <laughs> Can you hear my kids screaming? No,
0: but I also don't hear a
1: lot of things. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Maybe I'll just keep going. <laughs> Hashtag quarantine. What was the question?